Hello, everyone, and welcome to Living a Life Through Books, the podcast about everything bookish. I'm your host, Dr. Shanaz Ahmed, and today is Author Conversation. I'm chatting with Jayanti Sankar, who has been in several international literary festivals, including the APWT 2018 at Gold Coast. She loves reading fiction as much as experimenting with writing fiction. Her previous novel, Misplaced Heads, was the Islands Book Awards 2020 finalist in Greece. It made its mark as an outstanding postmodern historic fiction of the decade. Her highly acclaimed work, Dangling Gandhi, was the winner in fiction, short story in 2020, International Book Award American Book Fest. The Literary Titan Award was another international award it also bagged apart from shortlists and nominations. She lives in Singapore. Before I get into my conversation with Jayanti, I wanted to say that your support of my podcast means a lot to me. The easiest way is to buy me a coffee. Go to buymeacoffee.com slash podcast. I'll add the link in the show notes and I thank you. And for those of you looking for a great audiobook app, go to Libro.fm and enter code LLTBpodcast with Libro.fm. A portion of your purchase benefits your local bookstore. I would highly recommend them. Again, the link will be in the show notes. Now, sit back, relax, and enjoy my conversation with Jayanti Sankar, the author of Misplaced Heads, Dangling Gandhi, and Tabula Rasa. Jayanti Sankar, yeah. yes. welcome, welcome, welcome to the Living Thank a you. Life Through Books podcast. Thank I you am for having me. <laughs> I'm excited to have you. This is going to be so much fun. I'm really yeah. intrigued. Okay, I really am intrigued. I know you were introduced to me by Sarabi, and she's like, "Oh, you need to talk to Jayanti," <laughs> and she spoke so highly of you. Oh, I was dear. like, I was like, I got to meet this woman. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and so here you are. Yeah, I am. And, uh, you're an author. Three books. Uh, yes, uh, four in the making. Wow. <laughs> yes, fourth one. Yes. Uh, so, so tell me about that. Like, what is your profession? Are you a professional author now? Were you something else? Um, and you kind of transition. Tell me about that. <laughs> I am an author by identity and by choice. I've been writing for 27 to 28 years. And on and off, I go for uh, full-time jobs, uh, part-time jobs. But my freelance editing and translating, transcribing works will go on and on because it uh, it gives me the flexibility. So that that goes on uh, regardless of what I'm doing with my, uh, you know, writing or anything. But again, again, I'm going to start a full-time job on July 4th. Uh, this time I'm choosing a health sector. Mm, I did a course mm-hmm. to enter health sector, which uh, I've never known what uh, how it is to be in that place or to work for a, such a setup. But then I went, uh, I knew I wanted to go there. I wanted to serve, give back to the society. But then I, di- I also knew I didn't have any skills. So I went for a six-month course. And then I'm now equipped. Now I'm going to start work on July 4th. Uh, so it's, it's a new journey. So such new journeys always happen in my life. But writing was one that always 
went forward. These things come and go, come and go. And um, for example, journalism of three years and then one HR part-time work was for uh, not even a year. So those things, and I've taken, um, you know, I've given tuitions for children who want to improve on grades and all those were long before 20 years back. So um, so uh, that was for six years. So, so many things I've done. So, uh, but writing was one thing I always do. It never... Uh, so when did you start writing like when when's your earliest memory of writing four years old oh, ten years old no 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 i'm no 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 not at all that no no not those that kind i don't come under that category uh, um, in fact i didn't show any symptom or signs of writing uh, during my childhood okay. i was such an introvert uh, everything was happening here i never expressed uh-huh. uh, and not until my mid-20s Oh, wow. Okay. Yes. 95, 1995 is when I started, uh, I tried writing. 1990, when I came to Singapore, so 32 years ago, uh, is when I started reading seriously. So I'm a late bloomer in that sense. Uh, So I didn't, uh, yes, like uh, everyone reads in the childhood, you know, their childhood. I do. I did read. I didn't write apart from the, you know, essays and things. Right. Uh, the school, school has uh, the curriculum part of them. Nothing beyond that. Uh, I didn't have any, any flair for that. That's what I believed. But when I, when I started reading for the pleasure of it, 1990 to 95, for five years, just for the pleasure of it. And in 95, that was the turning point. And my first short story was a title turning point. And uh, it uh, it was an accident, I would say, because five years of reading, you, you know, brought a critic in, a critic with who I didn't know. I was only reading the critic form. I knew which was good writing, which was what I would have done. Uh, the short story to make it better. That's how it went on and on in my mind. And one fine day I was reading a short story which was not not even worth publishing in print, but I was reading in a print version, uh, weekend, you know, mm-hmm. lifestyle. That story was so below standard, uh-huh. but I, I went on giving the benefit of doubt. I went on reading again and again why this was chosen. Why? That is when I realized, I asked myself, have you ever written an essay, at least an essay? Right. Not even a fictitious short story. You know, let's not talk about that. Just an essay. Uh Have you done one worthy of publishing? You have not done. And here you are criticizing someone else's work. That's what my inner conscious said. Then I said, yeah, I've never done that. But uh, so maybe I don't qualify to even uh, think like this about one work, one's work. Right. Then I don't know. Playfully, the very next week, I started writing whatever I saw in the early morning dream. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Ra- a random, <laughs> stupid, uh, absurd dream. I wrote it. Uh, whatever I came to my mind, whatever I could remember. And I turned it into a story and it got published the following week. 
Wow. And now how, how does that happen? I mean, like, no, no. If, if I have a story, I wouldn't even know where to go for publishing and everything. You're just a reader. You're a critic. I, and you write. Yeah. And then a week later, you're just how? I, I didn't expect because I knew deep within that it is not, not yet good. Mm-hmm. But I just tried my luck. And when they published, the editor called me, spent 20 minutes asking me, is this the first work? Is this this your first work? I went on saying, yes, yes. And I felt embarrassed. In fact, I thought, uh, what is he going to say? Then he said from, he's an elderly person. He said, with my 20, I mean, 35 years of experience, I know how to assess the first work from a person. If this is the first work that you've ever written in your life, an essay or a short story, I can assess uh, whether the person should pursue or not. I can assess. And I, let me tell you, you will have it in you, don't leave writing. Keep on writing. You're going to bloom like anything. I didn't believe it until the next few years, uh, several st- short stories. Then I started slowly believing, okay, maybe. And that's when, that's how it started in '95. So it's 27 years and 28 years running. And uh, I'm so, so happy I've discovered myself uh, at that point, yeah. And it was an accident. And the critic in me brought out the creative uh, side of mine. So what kind of stories do you write? I haven't read your books. So so what kind of, tell me about your books and Uh, where the ideas for your stories come from and what that, processes right now for you to write something i have stories are everywhere stories are um, there when we shop when we travel in, on the train or or bus when we see any strangers in the park we observe families and uh, we can hear certain dialogues and we can infer what must have been before or after what it could go we can imagine and uh, we, we might hear someone talking aloud uh, on the phone and uh, we can imagine the other person t- saying uh, this must be what he said we, we, we all do right and so many knots and ideas come from life my fiction is from life all the time and uh, most of the times my stories are character driven Um, because uh, I form a character in my mind which might be a culmination of so many people I've met. I might also be there a bit in one particular character. It it forms in my mind. So I start liking her or him so much that I, you know, place uh, the character in one setting or uh, bring about the social issues and uh, imagine the character going through it. And that's how I develop most of the times. But um, my fiction also has one speciality. I touch history. Uh, I touch history. My my fiction, for example, Tabula Rasa, the recent novel, and the previous one, Misplaced Heads, both are historical fiction. So the first one, which is Misplaced Heads, is talking about the temple dances of India. Uh-huh. Whereas, whereas the recent one, Tabula Rasa, is a story of Singapore. Oh, wow. Uh, it's, yes, Tabula Rasa is Singapore story. A story of Singapore through and, and touching on migrant workers, how this nation was built 
by migrant people. People from all walks of life, all corners of the world came here to trade. And uh, that's how this island, uh, just a fishing village that it was, from there it has uh, grown so much. So it covers 200 plus years of uh, Singapore there in that novel. Uh, So uh, basically the historical threads will go and the contemporary will also be there. So there will be connections. That's how I view the threads. So, and the one I'm working now, I'm purposely coming out of the historical fiction. I'm going into social psychological genre because I want to come out of uh, that pattern that might happen. I don't want to create a pattern. Oh, she's known for historical, but you know, I can. Oh, right. Okay. I can try others, other uh, genres, sub-genres in uh, fiction and also I'll make it work. So, and it's a challenge for myself. And it's a new flavor for my readers also because now my readers have started work, uh, waiting for my next work. That's they, awesome. They are eager to, yes, they are eager to see uh, what's coming next from her. So it's a responsibility as well as a, it's a joy uh, to give uh, something new for the re- mm-hmm. my readers to enjoy. And another thing is um, new readers might uh, come to me from any of those three books or from the, the book that I'm currently working might reach a new reader and the reader might go back to the, oh, you know, other three books. So such things keep happening. So uh, whatever be the case that readers are waiting for me to give the, uh, the next work, uh, which I want to um, give it in the best way possible. I'm halfway rewriting it. Yeah. That's great. Congratulations on that. Thank so, you. Thank you, Ushanas. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me about the um, the publishing process. How did you learn about it and how did you approach all of that with your first book? Publishing journey was almost similar to any author that you would come across. More of rejections and uh, I have at least for my first book, which is Dangling Gandhi, I approached at least 120 publishers. And from, yes, and from there, I got some kind of response, some response, reply to my email, at least within a month, uh, only to about 20 to 25 of them. And out of the 20 to 25, at least 20 of them uh, said no in sugar-coated words. Yes, they are, it's not for uh, in our list. Uh, we don't right. do fiction. They have their own words. Here right, for, we know? really so, like this book. It would make a great book for we, a different for country, but, but not for us. For us. We wish you yes. well. Okay, got it, got it, yes. <laughs> but it's for the readers. It's not for you. Anyways. <laughs> Anyways, so those are those, and about three or four of them gave me a little hope, but not anything clear. I had to wait. In fact, I had one uh, publisher from Mumbai uh, in in India uh, was willing to do it, but he said, you have to wait long. I went to my next work. I I was waiting and I went on to my next work. I rewrote uh, the chapters of my novel and still I went on pursuing people, uh, you know, but then nothing happened. And I waited for 29 months, that particular um, publisher who said they will do. 29 months that's uh two and a half years right then I then I went back to them I asked them 
is this is too long for me. we should do something about this i mean you give me some answer concrete answer this is when we will start to work on this and all then he they said people have been waiting for 56 months you know i can show you the emails and all that then i got the real picture then i said then i'm sorry i'm not waiting anymore let me look elsewhere then i came across zero degree publishers again from india upcoming publisher i was particular that i should go for traditional publishing that's why the waiting was too much too right. long otherwise uh, if i was ready to invest and self publish print on demand or something uh, it would have happened long 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 uh, back uh, even a few months would, would have been enough for me to get my book uh, uh, to the market but i was so clear i'm spending my heart and soul my time and everything into my book again uh, why should i pull out my savings and invest it's it's not re- it's not fair for me you know it should be traditional and the publisher should take my book for the value of it not for the money i may invest or anything no it happened i'm so so happy i found them they have done all the three books and they are waiting for my fourth book and the support and the trust they have in me it's a gift uh, i'm very grateful for that they really yeah and and interestingly the first manuscript after they read and they get back, got back to me asking for the whole manuscript they said it reads like something like uh, haruki murakami's Oh I wow. I did I didn't sleep that night. Oh wow. I said, I said even if you're not taking it if even if you're not publishing it this particular thing you are a stranger I am I'm a stranger to you as well. You come back to me only based on the manuscript sample chapters and you're saying this over the phone and you made my day no you made my year I said. And then that was the joy i got and they took it and no my writings are not like marakamis the person who read or or the group who read they found that abstract postmodernistic beauty in it uh-huh. and that's what they connected with haruki murakami not the not the writing style uh, sure i mean but but your work transported them Murakami. Yes. I mean, like, I mean, they 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 got great. reminded that right. they got reminded of Murakami's abstractness, you know. Sure. Uh, That's and, great. And uh, yes, because I I read a lot. At least I have been reading a lot recently. I have not read so much as before. But one thing I am gifted with is I get inspired. I get joy uh-huh. reading many many uh, styles. but none of the styles come to me meaning if i if i'm i'm writing a novel now i'm rewriting right people many of my author friends they say I, they don't read when they are writing right. but for me no i read i can read when i'm writing that's great that's Because great it it will not influence my writing that's great that's amazing and uh, that that's rare i've heard from other author friends and they say that's very rare and uh, i am very grateful to god if i should say uh, to the universe for that gift i have or the wisdom that i have to draw a draw a line where i will be a reader 
when I'm a rewriter, I'm a writer by myself with the unique styles and things. These don't cross. So maybe that's there in innate. I don't know. Probably. That that's that's just that's just great because sometimes I find when I'm writing, yeah, I'm like, wait, style. My my style is changing a little bit. I'm kind of like. Why is your style changing a little bit? It's because I really like this other person's style. Let me try the style, you know, and it's like, and what is my style? I don't, I mean, I'm still work, you know, so, but I am, I mean, but I am reading a lot now. I mean, I do, I do a lot of audio listening, you know, so audio reading. How many, what is, when you talk about reading a lot, mm-hmm. what is your definition of reading a lot and what, do you read? I know you said you read everything, but what is mostly everything? Fiction. Like every genre? What? Yes, uh, mostly fiction. And okay. uh, my read- reading journey by itself is so very uh, motivating graph, I would say, for any budding readers. Because I started in 1990, serious reading, I mean. Mm-hmm. And 90 to 95, I read anything and everything. Uh, more of fiction and any authors uh, randomly I used to pick from the library and um, after 95 I started realizing I like these authors these sub in fiction then uh-huh. I went for those and later on into the, uh, the, the 2000s and up to now I go for the new uh, newly published or sometimes uh, new authors, random authors also, but most of the times it's fiction. Fiction, and if it's experimental fiction, for for example, uh, uh, Jose Saramaga, he wrote um, so many experimental fiction, right? So that kind of that newness, freshness, I love. So I go, go for such works. I don't go for rom-com and such, a, you know, pulp fiction, no, not my taste. Uh, so yeah. Hmm. Well, you know, it's I pers- my reading journey personally. You know, I I tend to vary things. Okay. So like historic fiction. You know, mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, I've been reading historic fiction, historic fiction. So if you told me, oh, you know, Tabla Rasa, misplaced hearts is historic fiction, I'll be like, I mean, misplaced heads. I'll be like, um, yeah, about that, Jayanti. Let's. I've just been reading a lot of historic fiction lately. So I'm going to hold off on that because I'm kind of switching over to fantasy for a bit. And then once I get a little, okay, I've been doing a lot of fantasy, enough wizards and dragons and magics and wands and all the fun things. Okay, then I'll go into like modern fiction, you know, things like that. And I'm like, okay, I'm ready for historic fiction. Okay, let's do your book. You know, you know that I keep, but I keep reading yes. and I keep yes. switching. But, but like yes. you, I like what you said about just reading and then finding your interests and then keep going into the genre and the subgenre and things because, like that. Because uh, many authors, when once they get published, they stop reading. And at one point, I, when I was conducting a workshop years ago, uh-huh. one young man, he came approached me, ma'am, I love to write, but I don't like to read. Ooh. He said, then I said, this is very tricky because you have to read uh, if you really want to write. For example, myself, if I were to choose between reading or writing one, I will read. I won't write. 
because when i read i will get to read so many authors so many people's minds so many worlds i get to uh, get to enter right i can't miss that so and not just that young budding writers must must read a lot to know what's happening in the writing world what is being read more what is being written more how mm-hmm. same kind of story you know when it is narrated in a different way it can stand out it might be a triangular love story but it can really be catchy when you really give it in a, the storytelling the, the to, right tools and right ways you know can make it stand out um so this uh, i i told that man young man you have to read but sadly you have to read yes. and uh, and i believe even as a reader one should grow and for one to grow as a reader people think as a writer i grow as an author i grow is enough no you know it should be simultaneous as a reader you have to grow and then only you can help your re- your readers grow with your writing i believe the reader in every one of us the reader should keep growing not get stagnant anywhere uh, that's why i always say don't be you know choosy like as in what should i say like you just said right i i sometimes keep on reading historical later i go to fantasy yes uh, do as your heart says but challenge your heart and mind and your brain to come out of the comfort zone as soon as possible so that it is exposed to varied genres varied things not just one and only then your writing will also experiment on various other things so getting stuck in one particular subgenre is not so nice i mean we should sense it as a reader as well as a writer mm-hmm. right mm. when you're reading a book okay so you're <clears throat> you're obviously a massive reader right, right. Uh, what are your reactions mm-hmm. when you're reading a book do you just what i mean is do you just absorb the story do you stop and start going oh my god very 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 relevant very i love relevant this plot question. what yeah tell me very how, relevant mm-hmm. question very very um, important question and thanks for asking that and when i read uh, i somewhat know the genre and the author or what it might be about but at the same time because i am a writer myself editor also so all those roles will come up so i have to silence them to be reader just okay. a reader just a plain hearted reader who will enjoy whatever is said as it is first and if i really like it i go to the book second time most of the times most of murakami's works i have done twice or thrice or four times second time when i go i will read it as a writer okay what is being said there why did he do that all those analysis will come only in the second reading the okay. first reading is only plain reading similar to what i do in my writing while writing i have to silence maybe gag my editor <laughs> keep shut come later <laughs> not now not now not now you have your time later okay so i have to 
be a writer. Just create, create whatever comes to my mind. It might be raw rubbish. It can be fixed later. So that's when the editor should come, not now. So we have to have, uh, you know, the, I'm writing, only writing. Maybe re during rewriting, both writer and editor can rewriting can happen. And while editing, I have to throw away the creative who was there before. I will just shut her up and only edit. So that's how it has to be done. So when I read the first time, it is only for my pleasure as a reader, like a child, I will go for it. Yes. That's Even if it is a sad story, it will be a child's wonder for me. I mean, childlike wonder. That's what I go after. And the second time, if I really like it, I will go for the second time. And that is when I will analyze how it is written, why it is written like that. Because sometimes lately, yes. Yes. I find myself getting stuck and I'm going, oh, wow, the scene is showing, not telling because, oh, wow. So they're showing this by this and this and this. They're showing her anger rather than the writer saying, oh, the writer could have said, oh, she was angry. But no, look how the, now she broke the stick in two and she threw it into the forest. And then she ran into the forest and she started beating a fist on the trees. Oh, I love the way it's showing. And I'm going, wait, shut up. Just stop. Stop breaking. You know, just go with the story. You know, there's a story here. And I just sometimes I just break myself lately. I, I mean, it just happens, I think. No, the writer's intention is to develop the character and develop the scene, the emotion of the scene, and to make you feel it. Not instead of telling when it when the writer is showing, you are feeling it. Without saying the word anger or angry, without that, the anger will come in the reader. That is how a good writing should be. And when that happens, the anger is in you. You have connected so much with it, the text, the narrative stays in you for longer time and it might make you think further. So that's the best way to write. That's why showing is important uh, because it makes the reader feel instead of you yourself feeling um, you, and using words of feelings. You must make the reader feel that emotion without that particular word. That is the challenge and that's the best way to write. How would you advise someone to develop that challenge and that, that ability, that talent of showing emotions, like showing silence, you know, like, she, like if she didn't feel like talking or, you know, like she felt silenced. It's like, I'm like, how do you show that? She's, it's nothing. She's silent. How do you develop that? How, how do you teach your students because I know you're an editor, you also yes. run classes. So how I, do you teach your I, students that? I give uh, small uh, exercises during workshops. For example, think of something that you did in the morning, simple as taking a shower, mm -hmm. as simple as that, okay? Taking some, take something, or you had your breakfast, or you didn't have your breakfast, or something, okay? Take as simple as that, or imagine whatever you didn't do, but could have done or something, something as simple. And catch the emotion in that five minutes, which when you write might come as a large one paragraph or two, two paragraphs you're going to describe, okay? Catch one emotion that you want to depict. You want to get the readers to feel. 
but you won't use the word you will describe it's an exercise other another exercise i give my readers because we all read we all come across a very good narrative but there will be one place the writer has told something instead of showing because right. he he wanted to go to to his story to develop it there was a one scope and that you pull that place out he has told you something what you do you know the the, the context before and after you know it because you've read it right what you will do is you take that one sentence and you show it instead of telling this is a very good exercise because that should fit there meaning that that flow should be there so you know the context before and after but you are pulling out one sentence that was telling instead of showing but what you are going to create is a showing a scene so these are ways to practice and uh, also some places for example i have given one exercise one emotional scene you take this okay it's an emotional scene and uh, very well done by the author but you recreate that emotional scene into a comical humorous change it whatever is happening is happening you use cleverly the words and the sentence structures and the body language of the characters around whatever you do turn it into a humorous thing or if there is a humorous scene there bring it to become a sentimental uh, emotional scene these are such a small small exercises that really helps and it is fun also to do So this, these are the ways I always recommend. So, so where are your workshops? I mean, they're in Singapore on Zoom. Uh, most um, I have done only for pre-COVID, only one during COVID, which was for secondary students, Zoom lesson, uh, which I didn't like because uh, in-person uh, workshops were so so nice. So uh, maybe they will call me uh, now that everything is opening up. So mm-hmm. mostly, mostly in Singapore. Um, I have some questions. I'm mostly, for, I'm sorry, I'm mostly for adults. Yeah. Okay. Singapore. Tell me more about Singapore, the reading community, the writing community, and the publishing community, I suppose, you know, in Singapore. So 20, sorry, 32 years ago when I came to Singapore, the scenario was different. The libraries were there. Those were the places that attracted me the most. not the malls and things when i came to singapore as 24 or something so mm-hmm. obviously it's a, i should be going to the malls more shopping and things i don't know why i love the library branches of library and we have in such a small city nation we have 22 to 27 i'm i'm not too sure because they have many new branches uh-huh and the branches of libraries were so fascinating for me they opened a whole new world for me and that's when i started reading right so those times we used to use the card the traditional way of borrowing and things and now we have come so far in the 32 years that we borrow audio and uh, digital books at home from yes. my yes and when i go there to borrow physical books I don't have to have any cards I don't need anyone else's service it's all self service kiosks right even when I don't pay any fine I go uh, but people I see people paying fine also owed you and all that even that they pay through their those kiosks uh-huh. that is one side of the uh, the library 
And as the, the culture of library evolved over these three decades I'm, I'm watching Singapore, I find readers, number of readers have uh, also increased. So number of readers has increased and number of book clubs are uh, emerging, uh-huh. many, many of them. And uh, authors, yes, many authors are doing very well and many are emerging and uh, some of them are going international as well. As for publishing industry, it was slower than what I, we, we could expect. Mm-hmm. But but recent years, a few publishing houses are doing very well. In my opinion, I always express it. You know, the amount, the fund that is invested in libraries, acquiring uh-huh. books periodically, the amount the government spends is not proportional to the number of leaders. That is one thing I always uh, observe. For the amount of money that is spent, that reading culture could have been a lot better than what it is. But it is fairly good, I would say. So you think there are less readers and there is more money put into the libraries? Yes. The government is really trying very hard to lift this reading culture. We have Read Singapore movement. One month of Read Singapore every year. Uh-huh. Yes, so many, uh, you know, so many reading events, uh, even though international authors are invited to read and all. And uh, the, the movement is taken to schools, primary, secondary, tertiary schools, and it is spread everywhere. You can see banners everywhere in the city. You can, when you go on the bus and things, read Singapore 2020, read Singapore 2021, all that. So, so much is done, but... Uh, Reading readership could have really been better for that. It's not proportionate. Okay. Yeah. That's that's, my personal opinion. Yeah. yeah, No, that's uh, interesting. I I do not know what it's like in the U.S. Now that you bring it up, I'm trying to think, oh, do we have less readers or, you know, because there's, we have a lot of libraries and then there are times I'm looking for a book. I mean, I do ebook or audiobook. I'm kind of like, okay, there is a 14 week hold to get this book and I got to wait 14 weeks. So I'm kind of like, so it's kind of like, wait a minute, there's more readers then than the resources. It it sounds like for certain books. No, even here, when I go uh, search for a book, there's one copy on loan, only one copy on loan and available on such and such date. I reserve and I will be, you know, intimated when, when it is available, I can go and get the physical copy. And if it is ebook, of course, I can immediately. Uh, that happens. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean in any way that there are good number of readers. This has nothing to do with that. It's a, it's a broader perspective when you see uh, on on a year basis. What I'm talking about is how much fund is given for library, you know, and how many new readers or existing readers are there. That proportion. Not, okay. not this. This will not give us uh, what we are talking about. Okay, okay, got it, got it, got it. Okay, so, um, so in India, you published yeah. this through an Indian publishing company, correct? Yes, that's that's right. So, in Indian publishing industry, mm-hmm. is very different from the American publishing industry, True. because I think you approach the publisher directly, correct? Yes. You, you don't have an agent. It's not like, so in America, like I cannot approach any publisher. 
I yes. have to find an agent. An agent, yes. That's why. Right. Why do you think that is for India versus America? I, I'm just trying to think. Why is the publishing industry so different in the international field? Having an agent has both both pros and cons. I think because if you are engaging an agent, then it is his job to you know try many publishers. Then you have your time and focus on your next work. You just go to the next work, right? Right. But in uh, Asia. I approached a few agents. That agenting uh, by itself is just beginning in this part of the world. Okay. And I did try uh, contacting a few, and I came to know genuine agents who are really doing their job as they should be doing. Are uh-huh. Very, very rare. What these agents are doing again? They are after the money, you know, monetary side only. They are keen on. they will ask me for certain amount for one year contract they themselves will have a contract done okay. for one year i can't try another place ah. on my own and this money that i will be giving the person will just go to his pocket it's it is not coming back to me no but for example if if the person if the agent is not able to take me to a publisher then rightfully i must get at least half of the money back right you have to pay the you have to pay someone to agent you that's more common what i mean to say is agents who don't go after the this money are rare there are there are such agents i know uh, genuine ones but this agent culture is really coming up just just coming up in asia so not still there and uh, i think if there was an agent for me i would really a, a genuine one i would really want now i'm get, coming to know a few one or two uh, agents i'm really getting to know in fact that agent is also doing for the screen adaptation so i'm just it's a lifelong learning so and uh, and also it's more to do with connections which is happening right now for me i'm getting to know more, many people and through them a few agents who are working genuinely and uh, i hope to give them my work in future i don't know if i would and i don't know what i'm going to write next or, or if i'm going to write although i don't know but I have uh, come to uh, come across a few agents. Yes, but you're already set. You have a publisher who's waiting uh, for your fourth book. You yes. just have to keep going the course, right? Or yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but just the way I did, like I wanted to come out of this historical fiction. I did it right. I'm pulling myself out of the genre. I. can think of pulling myself out of that that uh, comfort zone as well and try another place try as in whether it works out or not we wouldn't know trying uh, is possible i don't know if i will be doing but if i do i will let you know <laughs> <laughs> it sounds sounds great i just want to say you know just talking to you yes. i've learned so much Oh, and yeah, thank you. We all and, do. Probably and it's each been other. <laughs> so motivational. So okay. I just want to say thank you so much 
Yes. For coming on and sharing a piece of yourself with oh, me okay. and my listeners. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much. Anas. And uh, I didn't feel um, like I normally feel. Today was as if I'm just chatting to you over a cup of coffee. So that, that kind of a casual talk. And you made me feel that easy. And um, thanks for asking. I mean, it, it went on like a river. It was never stuck anywhere. And I felt good about that. Our conversation, I mean. And uh, thanks for having me. Thank sure, you. Sure, yeah. And that's it for my conversation with Jayanti. It was great to hear her thoughts about reading and writing Upcoming for this podcast is Book Club for the book Seven or Eight Deaths of Stella Fortuna. And I have another conversation on an alternative history anthology that supports Ukraine. So a lot coming down the wire. Stay tuned. I just hope I can get it all done before end of month and month in review. And speaking of month in review, I think you will like the books for this month. And I'm excited to talk about them. And uh, that's it for this episode. Before I go, if you loved this episode or any of my previous episodes, please take a moment to write me a review on Apple Podcasts. Please share this podcast with your family and friends and through your social media channels. Follow me on Facebook and Instagram on Living a Life Through Books. I'm also on Clubhouse. Look me up by name. I'm on TikTok. My tag is at Dr. Shnaz Ahmed. You can reach me through email. My address is livingalifethroughbooks at gmail.com. My website is shnazahmed.com. That is S-H-A-H-N-A-Z-A-H-M-E-D.com. The opening and closing music to this and all my previous episodes was composed by my husband, Brad Slavik. I'm Dr. Shnaz Ahmed with Living a Life Through Books signing off. Remember to water the seeds within you. It's time.